Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. But ultimately, you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining with us today again at, uh, for Christian Life Church Online. And I've got kind of something to celebrate here. I got a bag of 100 socks. And uh, we have um, collected over a thousand pair of socks for the Salvation Army for uh, homeless people in our city. And we are looking forward to dropping them off. Many of these people have to change their socks every single day because their feet get cold, they get wet, and, uh, and we're just happy to be part of the solution. And if you've participated, thank you so much. Um, our response has been overwhelming, and uh, we just moved in another Ukrainian family this past week into their new apartment, and we're able to provide them with some brand new beds. and. Uh, a few household items and so they're really happy as they get settled in and uh, we're just really really happy to be able to serve and to help people along the way well we're going to continue our series uh, today and for one more week after this on soundtracks and we're going to be talking about breaking free from the past now when I talk about past I'm talking about uh, some generational kind of sins that sometimes people find themselves in. And Jonathan Edwards was a, a preacher that lived back in the 1700s. He was a Puritan preacher and he was one of the most respected preachers of his day. Um, he attended Yale and uh, at the age of 13 he became president of uh, Princeton College he married Sarah in 1727. He had 11 children and every single night him and Sarah would, uh, you know, they'd converse with the kids and he'd pray with them, pray God's blessing over every, every one of his 11 children. And, and he passed on a great and godly legacy to their children. A.E. Winship, <clears throat> excuse me, A.E. Winship uh, wanted to trace the descendants of Jonathan Edwards about 150 years after he had died. His findings are really quite incredible. He also did a comparison of another guy by the name of Max Jukes. And I'm going to talk about both these guys and their legacies for a minute here. Jonathan Edwards' legacy included this. There was one vice president, one dean of a law school, one dean of a medical school, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 65 professors, 75 military officers, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, 100 clergymen, and 285 college graduates. 
Now, Edwards was this godly, hardworking man. He was intelligent. He had a great wife. She had a great influence and on the character development of more than 1,400 descendants of their family. Now, in contrast, a study was done of, a fa of family trees of 42 inmates who were in the New York prison system. And of these 42 inmates and the family trees, they all traced back to one man, a guy by the name of Max Jukes. Now, Max wasn't a good guy. His descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 190 prostitutes, 150 other convicts, 310 paupers, 440 addicts, and of the 1,200 descendants that were studied, 300 died prematurely. Now these contrasting legacies constitute what is known as the five generation rule. And it goes on to say that how a parent raises their child, the love they give, the values they teach, the emotional environment they offer, the education they provide, influences not only their children, but the four generations that follow, either for good or bad. Now sometimes people are held back by their past. Uh, they get caught in a, a cycle of poverty and debt or crime, and, and it's difficult for them to get out of it. We hear of history repeating itself for generations, and we see that in Edwards and in Jukes. So it can go either way, you know, either good or bad, blessed or cursed. And oftentimes the soundtracks that play in our minds need to be broken, especially if they're not good soundtracks. You know, if, if people are like, well, this is my lot in life. I'm a result of bad parenting. This is the way it is for our family. It's always been like this. I'm going to go through what my parents did. I, I'm the product of a broken home. I'm the offspring of an alcoholic. And so I'm doomed to, to the same fate. A couple of weeks ago, I, I talked uh, momentarily about a, a friend of mine who had a, his dad died of a heart attack at 50 years old. And my friend was just absolutely freaked out. Uh, that he was going to have the same thing happen to him. It was a soundtrack. And over and over, he'd say, I think I'm going to die at 50. I think I'm going to die at 50. Sometimes judgments passed on to us by maybe a school teacher, a counselor, a pastor, a parent. They can hold us back. And they can become self-fulfilling prophecies. Now, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 to 6, is a passage of scripture that is fairly well known but sometimes not interpreted all that great. It says, um, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, that's where a lot of people stop. I'll visit, you know, the sins of the father on the third and fourth generation. Sometimes people stop there. But showing mercy, the Bible says, to, the, to thousands who love me and keep my commandments. So he talks about uh, visiting iniquity on, on third and fourth generation, but he also talks about showing mercy on people that love him. In our past family histories, we will all have successes and failures. We'll all have good and evil. We'll all have uh, destructive and sinful things that happen. It, it, it happens. And so the question is this, does my past dictate my future? Does my past control my future? Do, do the actions of my ancestors, my, my, my mom and dad, my grandparents, 
does that mean I'm going to go down the same road? The things I've seen, the things I've heard, the soundtracks that I've, that I've listened to, are they going to control my life? Well, I want to talk, first of all, about repeating past mistakes. There's a story, uh, two stories actually in the Bible I'm going to talk about. The first one is about Abraham and Sarah. And if you look in Genesis chapter 12, verse 11 to 18, there's this interaction between Abraham and Sarah. And he says to her, he says, I know you are a beautiful woman. So when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife and they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. And it says that Pharaoh treated Abraham well for her sake. But then it goes on to talk about how the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And he'd somehow forgotten this promise that God had just given him not too long before, where he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. He recognized that the Egyptians in those days were very licentious people and they'd commit murder over a beautiful woman. And so Abraham was afraid. He was afraid for his own safety and it's terrible, but he actually put his wife at risk. He didn't protect her. He just kind of offered her up so that he could live. He failed pretty badly. And God saw this and he ended it by throwing plagues on Pharaoh's household. Now, isn't it interesting that years later, Abraham and Sarah's Sarah's son, Isaac, did exactly the same thing to his wife, Rebekah. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 7 to 10, it says, And the man of Gerar asked him about his wife, and he said, Oh, she's my sister. Because he was afraid to say, she's my wife. Because he thought, lest the men of the place will kill me for Rebecca. Because she's beautiful to behold. Well, you know, kudos on these guys. They married good-looking women. But they were afraid that they'd lose their lives because other men would want them. So Isaac followed in his father's footsteps. Now we have to recognize that sometimes... Footsteps of the previous generations don't lead to good places. It kind of brings me to the second point I want to make today. And that's this, that you actually have the power to choose. In Exodus chapter 20, it contrasts two type of people, God-haters and God-lovers. And there are different outcomes for these people. It shows hardship for one group and and mercy for the other one. Now the mistake is, as I said a moment ago, that, that sometimes we focus on the iniquities of the fathers being visited on third and fourth generations. But that's only part of the story. I want to kind of recap something from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 5 to 9. It has something to say about this. The Bible says, if a man is just and does what is lawful and right, and he lays out all the good, all the good that a guy can do, and then he summarizes it with this. He says, well, he shall live. But then in chapter 18, verse 10, he says, if a man has a son who's a robber, a shedder of blood, and then he goes on to all these, talk about all the evil things that a guy could do. 
he summarizes it with this. He says, well, surely he will die and his blood shall be upon him. But then in chapter 18, verse 14, it says that like if this wicked guy, this bad son, has another son and he sees all the sins that his father has done and considers it and does not do likewise, then he shall not die for the iniquity of his father and he will surely live. So the truth is this. That every generation, every person makes their choice for how they're going to live. We can choose to repeat history for good or for evil. And I think it's, it's important for parents to recognize that, that although you may be righteous and holy and, and do everything right and raise your kids well, they still have to make their own choices. And as much as a child is raised in a terrible environment, they may determine to make good choices or they may determine to make bad choices. And so I want to say that the third thing I want to talk about today is the fact that Jesus makes all things new. There are some powerful truths that we live by as we look through the scripture. You see, the experience of salvation is meant to be transformative in a person's life. It's meant to bring change. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5:17 it says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold the new has come. The new has come. And so that means that we don't have to live under the curse of sin of of previous generations. It also means that the soundtrack that we listen to should change as well. From I am bound to the past or I am destined to repeat the sins of my ancestors to this. All things are new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, 27, it says, And give no opportunity to the devil. We can open ourselves up and give the devil a foot in the door by binding ourselves or attaching our current actions and choices to past injuries, making them our identity. That's an important point there. See, a lot of people identify themselves not as followers of Christ, not as new creations in Christ Jesus, but by what they once were or where they came from. So let me give you, uh, tell you a story of a young woman who had been sexually abused as a child. As a result of that, she kind of had an aversion to, chat, to, to sex, I suppose, never consummated her marriage to her husband. And ironically, years later, she cheated on him. She destroyed her marriage. What happened? Well, when we identify ourselves as a victim or as a survivor or somebody that's been abused or somebody that doesn't trust people, then we're tying ourselves, we're tying our present and our future to our past instead of recognizing that we're new creations in Christ Jesus and that Jesus makes all things new in our life. So I had a, a personal experience of this one time. 
it was just after my parents had split up and and um i was living with my mom and i came home one night i had been out doing something that we were not raised to do it wasn't part of i guess how we lived as a family so i was out doing this getting into a little bit of trouble and i came home late one night and my mom met me at the door and she's hurting you know she's just been through a split up and she confronts me and she says were you out doing such and such and i said yeah i was and i knew i was in trouble so quick thinking i said but mom what do you expect i'm a product of a broken home and i literally saw my mother wilt right in front of me she just she just lost all power she lost all authority and i knew i was in the driver's seat at that point and i had i had pulled a fast one and i found a way to get away with doing stuff by guilt by manipulation i got away with it it was like a get out of jail free card i could just pull this out and use it whenever i wanted to get away with something i was playing the victim and it scared me it scared me it scared me because i realized that those words are really powerful and that i could do a lot of things if i use that as an excuse i could get away with a lot of things but it wouldn't lead me down a good road and i'm glad that i had the wisdom as a 17-year-old youth to know that i should never say that again and i never did you see i had the ability to excuse bad behavior by blaming someone someone else by playing a victim don't play the victim card if you're doing it just stop it just stop it and parents don't let your kids manipulate you with a victim card call it out expose it stop it don't let them lay guilt trips on you because their life has been far from perfect why because you'll actually save their soul if you do it you see we live in a culture of victims and as long as we live as victims we'll never experience victory as long as we're victims we will never be victors you can't have both you can't say well i've overcome and at the same time talk and whine about being a victim everybody's a victim to something so all i can say is if you're playing the victim card just stop it and don't be overcome the bible says by evil by evil that's been done to you in the past by evil that's been perpetrated against you in the past or by the evil that others in your family have done by the past don't be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. We recognize that as a child of God, we're free. See in Romans chapter 8:2 it says for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We're free. The Bible actually says that you're free. And you can't say that I'm free and at the same time I'm bound by all of these terrible things that have happened to me in the past. You can't have both. You can't play both. The Bible also says that he who the son who Jesus sets free is free indeed. John 8 chapter 8 verse 36. So the challenge for us, the encouragement I want to give to you 
is live like you're free, not a slave, not a slave to the past, not a slave to sin, not a slave to previous generations' choices. Live like you're free. Not one that's bound by family history. Live like you're free. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So I want to cl close with this with a few thoughts here. We learn today that freedom from the past, from family history, and freedom from sin often starts with a choice. That I'm going to, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm not going to repeat the past. I'm going to declare my freedom. I'm going to live like I'm free. I'm going to, I'm going to receive Christ, Christ's forgiveness. And I'm going to choose to live for Jesus. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to not act and think like a victim. I'm going to choose to not make excuses for my past because of things that have happened to me. But I'm going to be free. And when we make that choice, we can also free up our kids as well and the next generations so that we're not passing on this generational victimhood. We can change the course of history by the freedom that Christ offers us. Likewise, some of you have lived righteous lives and your kids have chosen wrong paths. I want to encourage you, parents, today, if you're listening, grandparents, be free. Get free from the accusations of the enemy. Free yourself from the guilt, the shame. Because according to Scripture, what we read today, every single generation has to make their own choices. And mom and dad, you don't have control over that. You can live for Christ. You can do the best that you can. But every single one of us is given the ability to make our own choices. I want to pray with you today as we close. And I want to pray for your families. I want to pray for you if, if, if you've gone through things. And you know what? Most of us have. If you've gone through things and it's holding you back, I just pray that the Lord would just really help you to find freedom from that. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I thank you that he who is the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you that we are new creations in Christ Jesus when we give our lives to you. And I pray for those today that, that don't know Jesus yet, that, that they would open their hearts, they'd open their lives and, and, and receive you as their Savior. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us to, to choose freedom, to choose life, to choose not to be feeling like a victim, but to choose Jesus in everything we do and to choose his ways and how we live. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining with us today. We're going to have one more message on, um, on soundtracks. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do it through our website, clcwinnipeg.ca. You can give to our ministry here through that. We're not a huge church. We get by every month uh, by God's grace and provision of God's people. And uh, we are so happy to be able to, to come into your home and, and talk to you and have you part of this ministry. And we really do count it an honor and a privilege to be given an ear, to be given time. And so thanks so much for, for, for joining with us and for telling us, telling others about CLC Winnipeg.
Well, I'm Pastor Jim Poirier, and I'll sign off this time. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. God bless you.